Hey, Tara. Hey, Johnny. How's isolation treating you, babe? You know, lonely and alone, but I'm doing fine. Aw, well, you got Wink. Oh, oh. oh God. Your yeah, doggy that, Wink. I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah, I have a one-eyed <laughs> How could you forget I, about Wink? Oh, I don't know. I have a one-eyed English bulldog named Wink. Get it? Wink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one- oh, shut up. Oh, um, my goodness. It's been interesting. How are I mean, you doing? I am fine. I'm being very productive, actually. And, you know, um, I got to say, you know, I live, I live in a pretty uh, isolated area, except for the occasional tourist that comes up here, but in the hills. And I, I like to walk my dogs every day, obviously. And it's pretty open space. You know, it's sort of like uh, you, you essentially could be yards away from people. But I got to tell you, these dumb fucks, they see you and they like come toward you. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? We are isolating. We're in a hill. There's a ton of space for you to walk. Why do you got to come at me? <laughs> Johnny, I'm just going to bring something up. And this was pre-isolation. Yeah. What about that same thing happens at movie theaters where we can choose our seats? Yeah. And there's all this empty space and some idiot chooses to sit right in front of you. I'm like, it's, you're kidding, <laughs> right? So I, I think people are I think, I think people are the lonely. world is lonely and yes. they want they want to be around people. Not now. Six feet away. I am yeah, I am perfectly fine on my own right now. I don't need to be around anybody. I am I am a silo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm thrilled that we're still doing the podcast. I'm me too. I, and uh, I I know it probably doesn't sound as good as it usually does, but that's okay. I don't think people care. I feel like people are looking for. Uh, I'm loving uh, also looking at online and seeing, um, you know, all the, um, you know, all the creative ways that people are are giving back, and that that's it's super truly fun. Beautiful. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I got to say, though, our, our, um, and I say ours only because by law, he is our president. Did you catch? So, so I'm, I'm completely like avoiding Corona news, right? I, I am, I'm actually, right. you know, I, I'm doing marathons of TV shows, but every once in a while, you like turn your TV on and that buffoon will be on talking about something. And I literally just caught the clip of a reporter asking him about the senators that are, that are in self-isolation and he doesn't know who they are, which already is alarming. He should. Um, you know, if there's five senators that are in self-isolation, the president should know. Anyway, they they list the names, and one of them is Romney. And he goes, oh, Romney's in isolation. Gee, too bad. And I just thought, wow, it is just, there is no bottom to this barrel, is there? Why is that shocking to you? I mean, this is because a man who... Because we're especially living, during this time. Yes, that's why. That's why you can't get past this pettiness when there are people actually hurting. Um, but anyway, I, I am today. I am a happy boy because um, I have gotten my dream guest, and uh, I this I is was someone I've. Dream guest. Um, you're my dream co-host. Very different. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. See what I did there. Yeah. <laughs> but my, uh, tell them, uh, tell them. This is exciting. It's so exciting. I, this is a treat for the world. I think this man is a treat for the world. I think he is not only the finest actor of our generation, but I have 
Uh, I have personal experience to say he's a, one of the most wonderful men I've ever known. And I could not be happier that he has tried. My only um, sort of regret is that he's joining us during a time we can't sort of be in the same room with him because he is so much fun. But um, this is a treat. Um, we I have think he's going to be, wait, wait, before you give it away, I think he's going to uh, be equally as much of a treat, even though he's on the phone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all, right. all about so, that voice. Okay, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do a drum roll. Can you give me a do second? It. Okay. Yes. Uh, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen. Who's our guest today, Johnny? Oh, captain, my captain, Sir Patrick Stewart. We come back I from the break. I guess that's where the applause go. <laughs> yeah, right. Insert applause. Uh, so when we come back from the break, we are going to be chatting with my friend and how many people get to say that i actually do i'm very lucky my friend patrick stewart we'll be right back welcome back to hollywood caucus today we have a man i adore and i had the pleasure of working with twice in my lifetime i count myself very very lucky uh please welcome my friend patrick stewart hi patrick good morning good morning how are you doing in isolation, my friend? Well, um, to say that I was in part enjoying it would sound to be rather hard-hearted um, huh. because it's it's happening under conditions that are appalling and um, and give all of us, I know, a lot of concern. But at the same time, it has freed me up, among other things, to do something like your podcast right now, which I'm very happy to be doing. I love it. And you, I, I have been obsessed with your uh, soliloquies, which are a genius idea. How did you come up with that? Well, it, it happened as so many of the better things in my life happened because of Sunny, my wife. We were talking on, I think it was Saturday evening. and. Um, I began to quote uh, one of my favorite Shakespeare sonnets. And she said, no, 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 uh, start again. I want to record this. So she videoed it. And, and then we looked at it and I said, you know, I can do it much better than that. I need to do it again. <laughs> uh, and then, and then uh, we said, uh, you know, there are, there are I think, a hundred and 156 sonnets um and i said what what if as a project we were to record film one a day um uh. and she immediately loved that idea and i did too because i'm not working i haven't done work like this for a long long time years in fact and sonnets were once such a huge part of my life because I had sonnet classes from the master of the comprehension and the interpretation and the speaking out loud of sonnets, a man called John Barton, who was uh, one of the uh, associate directors of the Royal Shakespeare Company and with whom I first worked in 1966. And sadly, John died uh, nearly two years ago. But everything that I know about not everything. Most of what I know about speaking Shakespeare came from this man. And that was why 
when Sonny played back my first attempt at the sonnet that I, I knew by heart, I, I just knew that John would not have approved. So I had to go back <laughs> and keeping in mind what he always emphasized, which was that, that while acknowledging the verse structure and line endings and imagery, um, mm. you should also make it utterly natural and spontaneous mm. as if you were making it up, you know. Mm. So, well, Patrick, um, I, I'm I, telling I, you, will you promise that if we get out of lockdown or safer at home, whatever they're calling it, that you will do huh. all of this on us, please? Just promise. Uh, I, 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 I've already, um, in, in so, on social media, said that um, there are, I'm just looking up how many there are, Oh, Lord, uh, there are 154 sonnets. So I'm going to record one a day and post it immediately afterwards. I'm all ready to go with today's sonnet. I've been working on it. And as soon as we, and if I were not talking to you, Sonny would now be recording it and we would be posting it. But it can wait for a while. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I was, you know, I was telling Tara that uh, something she didn't know about me. When I get very blue, I open up Shakespeare and I just read uh, passages to myself. There, there is something about the language that lifts you up, isn't there? Mm -hmm. what, yeah. What What is it about it? Do you think that 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 creates emotional space or something? Well, for me, it always does. It was from the very beginning, the magic of the language. And you must understand, I had a very, very modest education. And actually, even using the word modest is something of an exaggeration. But what I did have was an English teacher I met when I was 12. He uh, was my form master as well as English teacher. And he was the first man to put a copy of Shakespeare into my hands. It was the Merchant of Venice. He was the mm -hmm. first man that insisted that I read it out loud and that I understood that it was, it was life and drama, not just poetry. And, That's right. um, and he also put me in a play with adults for the first time. And he was the man who, when I was about to leave school, aged just 15, said, had I thought at all about getting professional training and becoming an actor? Because <laughs> it made me laugh, just like now, because it was so absurd an idea. The, the, was it for you, really? Where, you, you, you hadn't thought about being an actor until that point? Oh, no, not remotely. This the community that I lived in, the education that I'd had, the opportunities that I'd had, other than my wonderful English teacher, who, by the way, I talked with yesterday morning. No! Uh, yes. He's 94, and he lives in the southwest of England. And um, we talked for about 15 minutes, and we do that... We should do it more often, but uh, because he's alone, his wife, he has two sons, but his wife died uh, a couple of years ago. And um, 
and and uh, uh, he insists that I call him Cecil or Cess. He was known as Cess Dorman, but to me, of course, he was Sir always, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, he insists that I call him Cess, and <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. But on the afternoon that I had been to Buckingham Palace to receive my knighthood. Um, a dear friend arranged a wonderful luncheon party to celebrate and um, told me that I could invite 20 people to this luncheon and we'd all sit around the table, whoever I wanted to invite. So, of course, I invited my English teacher. And uh, we, we, they, 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 the person who was organizing sent a car for him. He lived in the north of England. And then after lunch, she said, now I'm going to go around the table and I want all of you to say one thing about Patrick. And it can be anything. And when it got to Seth, he said, because he was, he was a North countryman like me, he said, well, uh, everything's different now, isn't it? Because when I first met Patrick, he called me sir. But now it's the other way around. I've got to call him, sir. <laughs> and uh, oh anyway, God. so we had a lovely conversation yesterday morning and um, promised that I promised as soon as I can get back to England, I will go and visit him because he wants to meet my wife. Well, they've never met and it would be very, uh-huh. very lovely for her and for him if we could. Well, let's let's uh, let's talk about your wife. She is my my favorite new friend. Uh, uh, she is a wonderful person, uh, full of life and uh, spirit, and a wonderful songwriter and singer. We last time I saw you was at her show. Um, how is she yes. doing? She's great. She is um, uh, looking after me because I do need a little bit of. Uh, care and attention and um, (laughs) we are running the house together and enjoying it and uh, planning our two-person social evenings as you are doing I know and others are doing Um, and uh, we are determined to survive this period and to make it a memorably entertaining time so we've been watching movies that we've been reading and um uh, we uh and and just talking and conversing and making plans for the future you know mm-hmm. um patrick i know we don't know each other but i'm alone so i would like to come over and i'll sit six <laughs> feet away from you and sunny but if, okay, can we work that out because that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> Well. Uh, that's really oh. not for me to decide, but um, I, oh. Sonny and I have sworn that no third person shall cross our threshold until this is over. And it, I it, find it, 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 I've, I've, it's a little rude, Patrick, but that's okay. I will just take my invitation and go somewhere you, else. You know, you know what you could do? You could sit outside the window where I am now. and. Uh, <laughs> Okay, you I'm, I'm fine. Join in that. that way. Uh, Patrick, you spent so
so many years, as we call a journeyman actor, right? Going from gig to gig, doing theater, you know, really not till Star Trek did you become a huge star. And right now we have so many actors, as you know, unemployed because of this. And um, what advice would you give young actors right now that are, you know, that have either their shows have shut down or their Broadway shows or even their theater gigs have shut down and they're sitting at home our imaginations are powerful and they can turn against us at times as well. Um, what would you say to them right now? Well, they've got to hang in. There is no alternative. And, uh, and if, if they feel they can't hang in and they have to go elsewhere or do something else, then indeed they should, because there are people who shouldn't be actors in the first place. Acting requires courage. and it, requires fearlessness and it requires a, a thick skin too and um, i know it, i i have a dear friend who who uh was on the subway uh, well the underground going to a theater in the west end where she was playing a leading role in a very successful production and i said but you shouldn't be going to the theater you should go there and hand in your notice and leave because it's dangerous. Uh, she said, no, 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 I'm committed. I'm, this is my job and I'm entertaining people and that's what I do. And about two hours later, I got another text from her saying, I'm on my way home. The show has been canceled. The theater is closed. And, and she was very, very desolate. A desolation that I understood because if you love performing as I know yeah. this actress does and does it brilliantly, then to have it so suddenly taken away from you is a shocking experience. Um, but uh, we talked and, and she will hang in, which is what all of us have to do. And, and uh, it, 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 it's going to take months, but months are nothing compared to years. And we shall get through, gosh, I begin to sound like Donald Trump. I was going to say we should get through this. Um, uh, I'll take that back. Uh, Patrick, you could never sound like Donald never. Trump. Never. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> uh, well, 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 let's, let's move on from that, shall we? Well, um, listen, we're going to take, let, let's take a little break. And actually, when you come, when we come back, I want to, I do want to talk politics with you because you and I share that passion and also pit bulls. So when we come back, a little bit more with uh, Patrick Stewart about politics and pitfall. And we're back. Um, Patrick, uh, it's no secret. We, uh, we, we share a lot of uh, similar ideas on, on the political environment. I've always been on the left of politics. I'm a member of the Labour Party and I have been for many years. Um, I... I uh, committed my first act of civil disobedience in 1945 when I was just five years old. Um, my father, who was a trades unionist and a very passionate left-wing uh, supporter, uh, he took me to a polling station near where we lived, and he'd made for me um, a placard for me to hold up, and it said, it said in red letters, because red is the color of the Labour Party in England, and it said, vote for Mr. Paling. Um, 
Paling was our MP. And um, I was walking up and down outside the polling station. Um, and my father was elsewhere talking to people. And I was singing, vote, vote, vote for Mr. Paling. You couldn't <laughs> vote for a better man. <laughs> Paling is a man and we'll have him if we can. If he'll only put his shoulder to the wheel. And uh, suddenly there was a policeman standing in front of me. And he said, <laughs> what the bloody hell does the thing they're doing? Get out of here and give me that placard. And uh, I said, no, I won't. And he lifted up his hand to whack me because that's what policemen could do in those days. They could whack five-year-olds. And I said to him, don't do that. That's my dad over there. Now, my father had just come out of the army and he was in uniform. And my father was regimental sergeant major of the parachute regiment, the airborne division in England. And he was an extremely impressive looking man. So well, after he died, one of the men who had served with him said, you know, I'll tell you one thing about your father. When he walked out on the parade ground, the birds in the trees stopped singing. Ooh. Well, the the police the policeman took one look at my father and then turned back to me and said, "Well, behave yourself in future," <laughs> and walked away. So that that was my first um, uh, political experience that I had, and uh, it's been part of my life ever since. Mm -hmm. And and you know, in, in an interesting way, we all need to be that little boy again, don't we, so that we could stand up to be frankly, assholes and speak up. Yeah, you know, I've never thought of it like that, but you're right. It, 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 it is a, a, an alternative. It's a choice that we could make. And, um, and over the years, I've done it in different ways, though never, never quite in the way of placard carrying. I'm not much of a placard <laughs> carrier, actually. <laughs> Although that's not true. No. I did carry one in the what was the last march against Brexit. Um, That's right. I uh, uh, no to Brexit. I think it said it was a rather kind of polite one, and because uh, uh, there were some that were not. Mm. So you think can Patrick, we discuss? Go ahead, can Sam. we discuss a little bit of of your feelings about Brexit, which I heard you were not a fan of? Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that? How do you feel now? Yes. Um, I, I am still profoundly sad and disappointed and anxious by what has happened. And I know uh, uh, there, there is recent, well, we're in the middle of electing a new Labour leader, I'm very happy to say. And mm -hmm. the, the person that I have voted for um, has said you know, Bre Brexit may not be a done deal. There could still be negotiations, which gives me some hope. But I remember so clearly that day back in, I think it was 74 or 75, when the UK finally joined the European Union. Because when General de Gaulle was running France, he, he stopped us from joining the U Union twice. A very famous no, no, was what he said, and uh, <laughs> and 
I, I was a wartime baby. I was born in 1940. And so, yes, I didn't wear a uniform and go to war. But I became aware quite early on that there were aspects of life that were uncomfortable. And as I got to be five or six, and I learned that friends of mine had fathers who didn't come home, who lost their lives in the war. And uh, uh, there were families who uh, had no, no income coming in at all. And then when rationing was um, begun, that meant that there were all kinds of things that children like me wanted to have, but they couldn't have access to them because of, because of very severe rationing, which I think went on into the early 50s. I'm not sure about really? that. Really? Um, wow. Uh, but it's, it's very simple for me. Um, labor politics mean making everybody uh, have an equal opportunity. I'm not saying that everyone should be equal, but there should be opportunity for everyone. And that um, if, if we care for the people who cannot care for themselves and give them opportunities, then we're creating a much better society and a much stronger and more valuable community. And uh, the, the, the problem with right-wing parties the yeah. Tory party, and you can imagine who else I might be talking about, is yes. that they, are, they have always been, first and foremost, the party of self-interest, mm. which, um, uh, well, uh, it, it gets very complicated now because there have been times with our own Labour Party in opposition when I was said that we were taking on some of those characteristics of the Tory party, but uh, frankly, that's not a direction I care to go in this morning. No, no. I mean, look, I think if anything, this, this self-quarantining and isolation, you would think the smart people would realize that if there was an equality to something as basic as healthcare, um, we wouldn't be as worried about the spread of disease as well. Don't you agree? No. I entirely agree. The unpreparedness for something like mm. this happening is mm. shocking and disgraceful. Um, but that will not apply to those people who are well off or have influence or have power, True. as has been written about in the newspapers. Um, mm. They can take care of themselves because they can pay for it. If you can't yes. pay for it, the likelihood is that you won't get it. Right. Yes. Right. Um, turning to happier themes, are you fostering a pity right now while you're in isolation, or, or are you are you dog free? We are dog free at the moment. Um, okay. There was a pity, uh, but it didn't work out, and okay. uh, we shall be we we shall be returning again to our. Fo we've now fostered five dogs in the past two or three years. It's not possible for us to become a, an owner, a forever home. Well, <laughs> I was going to say because of all the traveling that we do. But, sure. uh, of course, there's no traveling at all right now. Um, right. And a lot of the kennels have had to close down. Um, the, the, the city has closed them down. And um, it does mean inevitably that uh, 
a lot of those dogs will be put down. Oh, no, Patrick. Is that true? I didn't know that. Oh, 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 yes, because there's nowhere for them to go, and the kennels have to close. And so there's no one to look after the kennels. Oh, I did not even think about that, Patrick. Um, yeah. you, you and Sonny started a, a fundraising effort, a little organization uh, in honor of, you know, we were working together when you had that lovely little foster that passed away and, and uh, yeah. broke all our hearts. Tell us Lady. about the little, or- yeah, yeah. T- talk about that a little bit. Like you, you started raising money for elderly pits. Is that right? Yes. Um, Lenny, uh, <laughs> well, I fell in love with him on site. Uh, we were at Wags and Walks, which is the the kennel that uh, that finds um, forever homes for dogs, and they're a wonderful organization, and we love working with them. Um, and uh, we we were there to we wanted we were ready to to um, foster another dog, and we wanted to see which and what dogs were available, and. Um, at one point, one of the minders came into the room with this dog on a lead, a, a pit bull, and quite a big pit bull. And the dog stopped at the door and looked around the room. And there were, oh, eight or nine people in the room. Saw me and walked straight at me. I was sitting in a chair and came oh. and put his paw on my knee. I'd oh never seen him before. He didn't know who okay, I was. Okay, we're all well, crying in course. our own houses right now. And I guarantee you, I am completely <laughs> crying right now. <laughs> that was all it needed. And um, I, I was in love. Sonny, mm. right at the time, wasn't too sure to begin with because we were told that he had some health conditions. And at the moment, he had a bad cold. His nose was running. and um, yeah. But I found that charming. And I helped him to wipe his nose and clean him up a little better. Oh. And, um, but, but when we, we'd spent some time with him, um, it became absolutely clear that this was, this was a dog for us. And we took him home. But we hadn't realized, nobody had understood how very sick he was. And in the 48 hours that he was with us, it became clearer and clearer to us that that he seemed to be in very, very bad shape. Um, all he did was lie with us. He would lay with us on the sofa and we would hold him and cuddle him. And on the Monday, we got him on Saturday morning and on the Monday morning, I came to work, to work with you, Jonathan. Yes, and, I remember that um, day. And w- w- when Sonny got up, she saw that he was in really bad shape and took him to the vet. And the vet was very, very concerned. And they did some tests and they found that he had a lung condition and he had probably had a, a pneumonia. And and he there, there were numerous real problems and they said we're we're going to keep him for 24 hours and keep him under observation but by wednesday morning they had they had advised us that it would be the very very kindest thing to do would be to put him down and uh and uh sunny uh went over there and um they they injected him, and um, he died in Sonny's arms. 
He just wow. went to sleep. He went to sleep while oh, she was God. holding him. And, um, and uh, so we had him for 48 hours. That was all. And, um, but uh, it has made no difference to how we feel about these dogs. And uh, we, we campaigned very strongly in the United Kingdom uh, with um, the RSPCA because pit bulls are a banned breed. They're one mm -hmm. of four breeds that cannot be brought into the country. So, you know, like our first foster dog was a dog who is now an international superstar <clears throat> called Ginger. And, um, but we were going to take Ginger back to England with us. And then we found that we couldn't, I actually called the British embassy in Washington <laughs> and said, come on, come on, you've got to do something. We've got to take this dog home. But they told us, oh, we have, we have people living and working here who wanted to do that, but they can't. So uh, we knew then that the only option for us was fostering. And, and this is why you 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 asked you told the producers you if Picard were to have a dog, it would it would be a pit bull. Is that right? Well, it, I I think it was my idea that he should have a dog. But even when I brought that up, there lay my certainty that that should. Alex and Akiva and, and, and Kirsten agree to my idea that I would then say, and he has to be a pit bull. And <laughs> of course, you know, the success that that has had so far as the show uh, is concerned, and that uh, people love uh -huh. it, that there is a, that, that Picard has a pet and that he's this adorable and <laughs> a ferocious looking dog with the mm -hmm. sweetest nature in the world, of course. Which most I'm wearing a t-shirt. I'm wearing a, a Star Trek t-shirt with a picture on it. <laughs> He's more oh. famous than I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a story. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. <sighs> and, and Patrick, the organization you started to raise money, is that still up and can people donate? Oh, yes, it is indeed. Um, we'll, Lenny we'll put a link up. quite old. He was he was uh, he was nine or ten or eleven, um, which is old for a, a dog of that breed. And mm -hmm. of course, when when people come to shelters like Wags and Walks, very often what they're looking for is a puppy or something very young, something they they know they will have for years and years and years and can train them, take care of them. Um, and so the older dogs, especially if they're as old as Lenny was, get overlooked. So we have started a, uh, a special fund, um, which we call Lenny's Legacy. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it's to um, reserve space uh, for older dogs that, that Wags and Walks can take in and hope that they will find um, a forever home. Wonderful. That, is, that is beautiful. Uh, we'll, we will put up links uh, for both Wags and Walks and Lenny's Legacy. We will do that on the, the thing. That is just beautiful. Thank you for doing that for the older dogs. I'm an older dog, Patrick, so I understand. <laughs> but, um. No, thank you for doing that. That is, that is you, you and Sunny are wonderful. And I, that is just beautiful. Um, we're well, going to take you. a slight break right now. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about a little show called Picard. How's that? Fine. I look forward right. to it. I do, too. Uh, we'll be right back. 
oh my God, and, that story made me cry. Oh my God, <laughs> God I'm literally, uh, tears are streaming down. My I face. know. I was with oh him when it happened. It was quite a day, quite a day. Oh. Um, all right. So we're back with Patrick Stewart, and we're finally going to dive into the topic that has been discussed now for mm, about a year. <laughs> uh, that's a little show called Star Trek Picard. And Patrick, it's probably been about a year since you uh, you were initially pitched the idea. Isn't that right? Uh, pitched the idea of the show? Yeah. Well, much longer, actually. Oh. Um yeah, much, much longer. Uh, I think it's it's over 18 months. And wow. I, it wasn't me that pitched it. Um, it. It came through my agent. And um, uh, and I was invited to, uh, to a meeting um, with Alex and Akiva, Kirsten. And then uh, the second meeting we took, I think Michael Shabon was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my intention for attending the meeting was uh, to as politely and um, and succinctly as I could, I would explain to these brilliant people why I was going to turn down their offer. Um, mm. And uh, they, uh, I, I I felt it it it. it, it I mean, I was impressed by the quality of the people that who were already committed to the show. And they had said to me, look, the, you know, if you say you don't want to do this, then the show will not happen because we want it to be about the character that you played. And um, so I asked them if they would put some of their ideas on paper. And two days later, I got, I think, 32 pages of uh of pitch and um i was very very impressed particularly when they spoke about um the differences that they had imagined the contrast between the world of next generation and this world they told me was already be called picard and that fascinated me, and I spent some time thinking about it and went back for another meeting and um uh and then came to realize that whereas I thought when we wrapped um our last movie uh, the fourth movie that next generation made that we had I, I didn't want to do more because I felt we'd said everything that was to be said about Jean-Luc Picard and his crew. Um, But here they were offering me a completely different narrative, even a different person, somebody who had, in the 18 years since um, uh, I had taken off my my uniform for the last time, so many uh, serious and damaging things that had happened to Picard, that he was no longer the man that he had been. Um, He was sad. He was disappointed. He was angry. He was even potentially a little dangerous, I think. And he had made mistakes. But overriding this was his sense of guilt at the death of Commander Data, um, which, as we all know by now, has 
has been a, one of the most significant storylines in, in, in our new show. So, yes, I signed up for it, and uh, it's one of the smartest things that I ever did because I had such a great time on the first series and uh, working with such a brilliant uh, team of writers and producers and the cast that was assembled in which I, I played a small, modest part um, are so remarkable, and I include Jonathan yourself in that, um, that every day that I work there is exciting and interesting and fun because of the quality of the people that I'm working with and, of course, the directors that we've had also. Yes. Uh, has anything surprised you about going back? I mean, did you expect the world to respond this with so much love to you and the show? I didn't expect that. That's actually the one element that I was most uncomfortable about. That we might, that that the feeling might be, oh, we know who they are. We've seen that. We've had enough of Picard. Let's move on to something completely new. Um, and it it didn't happen like that at all. Um, on the contrary, I mean, uh, you you witnessed it yourself, haven't you, John? Yes, amazing. Uh, and, um, uh, the and what is particularly interesting is how strongly people feel that this is exactly the right time for yeah. a show like Picard. Um, that well, the state of the world uh, and um, and of course there was no coronavirus when when right. we started shooting <laughs> the show, um, but where we are now, that the, the um, the understanding and compassion and sympathy and and uh, rightfulness of of what what Gene Roddenberry first instilled into Star Trek is still there, and it would seem is still as potent today yeah. as it was um, all those years ago. Absolutely, and there's there's a thing I think that. Um, you know, Picard is such a father figure uh, to so many millions of people as a as a fictional character, and I feel like we are lacking that sense in our world right now of of, of a father figure, of a leader, of a of a paternal person we can turn to during these hard times, and I, I think that's why the audiences have really really been attached to you and the show. I mean, it's been a a perfect combination in terms of art meeting its time in a way. Um, and you, you are just such a gift, Patrick. You, you really, really are. You know, I adore you. And um, I'm so grateful I had to work with you again. Well, it's entirely mutual, Jonathan. And it gave me so much pleasure when I was told that Hugh Borg would be back. And uh, mm. I'm so glad that you agreed to do it. And, and it's been fun, hasn't it? Oh, don't my let, goodness. Don't let speak in the past tense because it's not over yet anyway. Well, it's not over for you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's Star Trek. It, it's That's never true. over if you're in Star okay. Trek. Okay. <laughs> I, I will take that from Captain, my captain. Um, <laughs> um, we, uh, when we're live, 
uh, in a studio, which I hope you and Sunny can come join us. Maybe she could even grace us with a couple of songs when all this is over. But when we're live, we play a little game called Little Did You Know, in which the guest pulls a random question out of a hat. So uh, because we're virtual, we're not live, you know, we're over the phone, we made up our own little version of the game. And if you're game to game, let's play this little game. Okay. Tara, take it away. Uh, well, uh, Johnny, should we talk about the fact that we reached out to three of your co-stars? We did. Um, and asked them to come up with questions for you. And we're not going to tell you who. Uh, until are we going to announce it afterwards, Johnny? No, actually, the game will be: I, we will read you the question from one of these three co-stars of the show. You will answer it as best you can, and then you'll you'll try to guess who it might be. Oh, <laughs> and then we'll all tell right. you. All right. All right. You, do you have them written down, Tara? Well, of course I do, Johnny. I'm a professional. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, by the way, Patrick. Patrick, do you remember that little film I made? with the dog and the woman who committed suicide and you love the two actresses you're talking to tara who played the one with uh tara played the one with autism that's who uh who's on the phone with you yeah well well congratulations that was just beautiful piece of work well johnny's as good of a director as he is an actor so i was i was pretty lucky to have him that's the last nice thing i'm saying about you for the rest of the year johnny he's usually very mean to me yeah very um okay patrick the first question is can we share sunny um i think you're going to be surprised uh, you will be surprised about who asked that question really yeah Uh, (laughs) well i would say Oh, to hell with it. I'd say Allison. Nope. Jerry Ryan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense, good. right? Yeah. Yeah. She loves Sunny. And yes, yeah. I, yes Jerry, uh, you, you can share her. Ah, <sighs> I love it. That's lovely. Um, She's going to love course. that answer. Okay. <laughs> she is going to love that. Mind you, when I asked him to come over, he told me to sit outside. Yeah, um, right. Okay, Patrick, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, okay, next question is, what do people who are Star Trek fans, fans. say to you when they meet you? Do, is there something that they always say? Well, these days, of course, and it was said to me out of a car window yesterday when I was walking. Um, we love your new show, and I hear that all the time. And it's it's and 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 then very often, and it's great to see you back. Uh, I would say that those are the two remarks that are most common. Okay, can you guess who asked that one? Um, I it. it it's got a Jonathan Frakes feeling about it, um, but uh, I, I, I'm going to go for Santiago. It was Evan. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh. oh All right. Oh. We have a bonus question, and I just loved this. I loved this question. So, uh, if you could cast a Shakespearean play using the cast of Picard, which one would it be? Oh, uh, I would say it would be either As You Like It or Twelfth Night, because they're both challenging plays, and our cast 
would certainly be up to the challenge, but they're comedies. And uh, as you're aware, Jonathan, our, our ensemble have a great sense of humor. And oh, yeah. one of the things that um, that is uh, always reminiscent of the Next Generation cast is that there is a lot of laughter on the set, especially mm. when it uh, comes from Alison Pill. <laughs> it is it is impressive laughter. And no, so, oh my um, God, her laughter is off the charts. so i would uh, yes i would say one of those i love both those plays and uh and god i can cast them in my head right now however we would need at least another 14 or 15 actors to fill out the cast list well Well, i'm available actors looking yeah tara's available (laughs) i am totally available um can i ask a question not 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 off that but what is your favorite role that you've ever done don't say picard i'm i think shakespearean what is your favorite play or role that you've ever done oh my um well i was very fortunate about 11 years ago um to be asked to play Macbeth um, at the Chichester Festival Theatre. And it was going to be directed by a man whose work I wasn't familiar with. I now am because he's directed me four times since then. And he is the man who was the director of the wonderful film with Rene Zellweger, Judy. His name... Oh. uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, is, is, isn't, that, uh, isn't that wonderful? His name is Rupert Gould. And um, we put our heads together. He'd already directed me in, uh, in another play. He directed me in The Tempest for the Royal Shakespeare Company. And um, although it almost drove me into my grave because I performed it for exactly 365 days, when we wow. wrapped our last performance on Broadway, it was 365 days since the first preview had happened in Chichester. And um, it was a, an extraordinary experience with a wonderful group of actors and a brilliant director. Um, and uh, for a time, actually, it was meet, I, and in the middle of the, the Broadway run was actually just before it, when I met Sonny. And um, she helped me get through the final weeks of the show because I, I was being, you, you know how this happens. I was being somewhat undermined. You know, when you live a character for a certain amount of time, and when I say live, I really mean, you know, you you go on board for the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can become um, difficult. And that yeah. was already mm-hmm. happening to me. But overall, uh, when I look back, I mean, given that it's, it's a grim and dark tragedy, it was probably the best experience of my life. Mm. I love that. Wonderful. I love that that's when you fell in love with Sonny, too. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, uh, Patrick, you stay in your bubble safe, please. And give our love to Sunny and uh, and oh you know what I want to plug her album she has a wonderful album called Overnight Lows that people can download it that uh, that's out now so 
folks should definitely check her out. She's a wonderful singer. Um, oh, yes, I can only say please do, because it is an outstanding album, and uh, it, it, it is her own work, um, and I'm, I'm so proud of what she's done and how she, how she has done it. It's really beautiful. So yeah, have a well, listen, folks. Yeah, great music for th- these times that we're home. Very comforting, lovely music. Um, well, Patrick, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, I wish I could give you a hug, uh, a few hug. As you know, our hug became went viral. I don't know if you know that, but uh, <laughs> people have been asking really? for a hugging well, booth at conventions. Um, <laughs> well, so, that's lovely. Well, thank you for the invitation, and thank you all of you for for your uh, support and uh, and um, uh, and encouragement about doing this. I I have enjoyed myself very very much, and I just look forward to the times when we can put our arms around one another again. It's indeed. It's not too far away. It's not. No. All our love to you, Patrick. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Take care. Be well. Bye. Be well. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you are you as are you as in love with Sir Patrick Stewart as I am now? What's not to love? The man is magnificent. I know. I know. Do you have his address? Do you have his address? Because I am going to go sit outside. I am not giving you Patrick Stewart's address. (laughs) (laughs) Stalker creeper. You are so. (laughs) You are selfish. You are selfish. <laughs> well, he's what kind a, of... What a he, mag- he belongs to Sir Ian and myself. So get in line. Oh, okay, <laughs> honey. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't tell you what a, what a magnificent man. And I, I'm literally, I was sitting here with tears streaming down my face. And I, yeah. I muted because at one point I needed to do one of the, you know, and I, so yeah. I muted it. Um, he's, he's just... What a lovely man and what a brilliant talent and how lucky you were to get to work with him. So lucky. So, so lucky. And how lucky and was I to get to, to be on a, a phone call with him. Yeah. It's good. It's wonderful. Yeah. So this has been our little gift to the world that bring, mm-hmm. bring you all uh, stories from Patrick Stewart that you probably never heard before. I mean, it was a very yeah. personal and wonderful interview and I'm so grateful to him and, uh, and, and that we're still doing this so that we could have these experiences. Now, what's his address? <laughs> <laughs> he lives in a spaceship. La Sirena. You're such a I liar. Think. You're a liar. <laughs> All right, my um, friend. This has been absolutely wonderful. And guys, remember, I hate the term guys. Why did I just say that? Let me, let me, let me try it this way. Kids. There we go. I feel better. <laughs> Kids, um, please go on, review, rate, uh, subscribe, do all of that stuff. And as we said, we're going to keep doing this. Um, it's it's fun to do because it gives yeah. you something to. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So and we're going to be back. Uh, we're going to be back next Tuesday. So Johnny, do you want to say it? Come on, you love saying it. Well, before I say it, um, I, I I will say before. See you next Tuesday, Tara. Don't forget to watch the series, the season finale of Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access in the United States on Thursday and uh, worldwide on Friday. And um, and we will post the links to uh, the two 
uh, things that Patrick talked about. So and and Sonny's album as well. And Sonny's but, album, and yeah. so so you those will be in the you know the hoo-ha, whatever it's called. What's it All called, right. Johnny? Uh, bio. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Oh, description. Um, it's called description in the description. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, God, you're good. Uh, all right. So uh, I look forward to talking and hearing our next guest next week. Yeah. Keep washing your hands, people, and stay away on the trail. Please walk and six feet apart. And, and stay inside as much as you possibly can. Yes. All right. All right. Stay safe. Love you all. Okay. Love you all. Bye. Bye.